But then again, who asked me? Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Um, obviously, I'm Zell, and obviously I am late. So let me just get that out of the way. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Um, I'm over fucking whelmed in life and in reality TV. So when it comes to reality TV, um, what happened last week is that I was on my way back from Nashville on Tuesday when Ronin came on and I was like, oh, of course, I'll just watch it Wednesday. Well, um, I started seeing the conversation surrounding the episode and I just, it got continuously worse and worse and I just didn't have the fucking energy on top of the fact that I was, you know, my work schedule was also crazy. I didn't have the energy to give to it so I just finally watched Roni from last week and since then we've had another episode um since I'm recording this so I'm only going to talk about the week that I miss and then we're going to get back on track with this podcast and I will have my episodes up Monday morning like they usually are but before I get into the Roni recap um Megan McCain told us that she is leaving The View um, and to that I say good riddance. I don't watch The View but I was really tired of seeing fucking clips of her and Whoopi Goldberg arguing and her acting like a grown ass seven-year-old quite frankly and you know a lot of people were like oh y'all just want to see people who all agree have a conversation and that's not entertaining. First of all who is y'all? Okay don't include me in that. Because that's not what I personally am talking about. I had to back away from a few arguments this week. I have a problem with disrespectful ass humans. We can absolutely have a discourse, um, you know, debate over certain things. Keep it respectful, first of all, which Meghan McCain had a lot of problems doing. And secondly, bring the facts, sweets. Okay? Every clip I would that would come across my timeline of her arguing with somebody, she was just acting like a fucking grown ass brat. All right, with all those little hairdos. A lot of people like it doesn't let me calm down already. <laughs> it's just crazy to me because you know, people are saying, Oh, we don't have to have the same views, blah blah. You're right, we don't, but let's all keep it respectful. And if you want to sit here and argue that Megan McCain is fucking respectful, then you could go to hell with Ramona Singer. I'm just gonna be very honest with that. All right. It's crazy to me. Differing views and disrespect are two separate things. And a lot of people need to start fucking understanding that. Now, whether your intent was to disrespect, I don't know. That's when you circle back and say, okay, that was not my intent. However, this is what I'm trying to say. My, I, this is my, where I'm coming from. And I don't agree with what you're saying. But disrespect and disagreements are not unanimous all right so let's start maintaining that energy moving forward and I know I'm getting preachy and I'm getting worked up already just I'm really fucking sick of a lot of the conversations and the hypocriticalness of all of it all of it so with that I was gonna touch on BC but I don't I don't even have the energy to talk about that man or Felicia Rashad or any of the people that came forward in like respect or not respect but support of him being released I I can't it makes me sick to my fucking stomach um also before I get into Roni I want to 
I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. As a black viewer and a lover of <clears throat> mess and reality TV, I just want some of the, and, you know, I can't even say white viewers, um, you know, people can like with these conversations because it is obvious that some black people feel the same way as well. But for me, okay, I need some of y'all to understand that this isn't something new when it comes to ebony and diversifying these casts and things this isn't something new it was always painfully aware to me that i was watching when most when it came to most of my reality tv shows that i was watching you know not all white women on you know most of the real housewife real housewife franchises and you know vanderpump pump rules and things like that all right and to be honest vanderpump rules broke me for like two or three years Stassi Schroeder broke me to where I stopped watching that show for like two or three seasons and then I came back in the last two seasons before she uh, shit went down with her and Kristen and then it was like oh <laughs> you know everything I was fucking saying about them from the beginning tracks all right but I'm not gonna go down that road because what's done is done but just because people are starting to speak up now and, you know, starting to realize like, okay, as a viewer of this for so long, I'm not alone in saying, okay, this is, there's no diversity on this cast. This is a problem. I feel like these people are ignorant, X, Y, and Z. So, you know, with that, I'm just going to lead into Brian Moylan's article in Vulture about Ebony. Um... That is another reason it took me a while to put this one, put this episode out and two, um, you know, even just watch the Roni episode because his words were so downright ignorant. But a lot of y'all stand him because of his book I understand that um you know a lot of people are constantly told that like our voices are or especially lately and black content creators are told that our voices matter our words matter they people everyone wants to hear our thoughts and x y and z and things like that and then on the flip side of that coin is articles written by your white faves that say things like he said about Ebony and, you know, if I want to learn more about her and then she can teach me about Black history, that's not exactly what he said, but prefacing it pretty much, that's what the fuck he said. And it's crickets because y'all like a book that he wrote, you know? I like Chrissy Teigen. That's not going to stop me from saying that she fucked up, okay? No one's calling for this man to be fucking canceled, all right? I cannot stand when people fuck up. People in with a platform fuck up and then they're like, y'all are just trying to have me canceled. No, I think a lot of people just want you to take accountability. Take accountability for what you fucking said, all right? In that... Maybe, again, your intent was not to disrespect, but you did. You disrespected not only only Ebony, but a lot of fucking black women and black people in general with your words, okay? People in your personal life 
are going to fuck up and say the wrong thing. And the people that you guys put on these pedestals are also going to fuck up and say the wrong thing. I myself, in my 29 years of life, have fucked up and said the wrong thing before. All I can do is say, listen, learn from it, grow, and a fucking apologize. Some of y'all think you're above apologies and you want to throw the word, the term cancel culture around and say that's why, use it as an excuse of why you're above the apology. You're not. But with that, let's get into the Roni review. So obviously this is an episode that everyone could not stop fucking talking about. And to be honest, I'm not... Un- I'm so frustrated because I'm not really understanding why when I finally sat down and watched it, I was just like, okay, it's kind of a little bit boring to me. Um, it Honestly, yeah, it was kind of boring to me, you know, but this uproar about this party and, you know, the conversations and Ebony being preachy and things like that, like we haven't seen a preachy, boring housewife episode before with a party that somebody had something to complain about. I don't think in the past like 15 years of watching Real Housewives, any franchise, that any housewife has ever had a party that there was not one complaint about the party. Okay, that's what these women do. That's what we watch them do. We watch them throw parties that the other cast members fucking hate on. But for whatever reason, when Ebony did it and talks about black history, it's a problem. So, um, you know, Ramona says that we start with Ramona and we meet Bershawn. And Ramona says that she thinks Ebony and Bershawn might really like each other. And, you know, that within itself is a problematic statement because why? Because they're both black? Because even the little bit I've seen from Brashawn, she's obviously a different type of woman than Ebony. Okay. And Ramona, you're calling Brashawn your new friend. Ebony is obviously your newer friend. You don't really know either of these ladies that well, but whatever. We'll just continue to ignore Ramona Singer's microaggressive casual racism. Um, Luann tells us that she used to go to Harlem with Jock and honestly, I just hope she didn't leave anybody offended in her path when she used to go there back in the day. You know, one thing I'll say about this party is that Ebony is still a new housewife. All these critiques and everything around her, she's still, this is her first season. We are on episode eight of her first season. Yes, she watched Housewives before, but she's still a new housewife. She's not going to throw the perfect party. Okay, I've been watching the show again for 15 fucking years. And if I were thrown into a housewife setting to actually be a housewife, I don't know if I would throw a good party, even though I've been watching, you know, I got 15 years of fucking examples of what to do and what not to do. Ramona to me looks uncomfortable when they're even in the car on the way to Harlem. I don't obviously I don't think she even wanted to go. Um, And I want to point something out for when Bershawn and Ebony got to the party. And maybe this is me nitpicking because I've been listening to a bunch of people just nitpick Ebony for some bullshit all week and I'm just really over it. But Ramona's like, oh, this is my friend Bershawn, my friend Bershawn, my friend Bershawn. And she obviously raised her hand in who wants to introduce Bershawn into the group and it was, she volunteered for that. When they got to the Harlem party, Ramona didn't even fucking introduce Bershawn to the group or to anybody else. She introduced her to Ebony and she said, Ebony, this is Bershawn, Bershawn, this is Ebony. 
And then she walked away, probably to the fucking bar. And Ebony said, everybody, this is Bershawn. And she just met this woman. Okay. Ramona might as well just said, here, damn, y'all, I'm trying. Okay. Which is, again, a lot of the conversations I've heard surrounding this episode, people are like, I mean, Ramona is trying. What else do you want her to do? Not be a piece of fucking shit. That's what I want her to do. But I'm expecting too much. All right. Yeah, I do think that Ramona is using black women. Do I agree with necessarily how the women went about it last week when they or two weeks ago now when they said it? No, but yeah, I agree with that. You know, I don't get why Ramona says or does the things that she does. I haven't understood that for 13 years now, but especially when my fellow black women start coming into play, they're all trying to sit here and take a fucking picture. And Ramona's like, can we separate? Because I don't. And they're like, what the fuck is this Leah saying? Oh, I, you know, she's trying. Don't tell me who to stand by that I can't stand by a white person or a black person or whatever in a fucking picture. You're not trying to make a difference and understand anything by saying, oh, let's not all, let's not have the black women stand together and then the white women. Like, you sound dumb. And you sound even more ignorant to me. Okay. The ladies, or the ladies, Ebony gets the ladies gifts. And to be honest, I think they are thoughtful as shit. I am a candle slut. So if these women don't want them, if y'all in the, as the viewers don't, I've already looked up that fucking candle company. All right. I'll get me a candle from anywhere from TJ Maxx to Bed Bath and Beyond. And I've even tried the Nest ones that are like 50 fucking dollars. I love a candle. So... I'm tired of seeing Leah's sister. I want to say that. But also, I recently went to a speakeasy in Nashville. And from what I understand of them, that's the only one I've been to. But this one had a theme. Speakeasies are themed. They're generally themed parties with activities. Because there was activities at the one that I went to. And after seeing this episode, I looked it up. And most of them seem to have that. This was the theme that's why ebony chose that at a speakeasy like i don't this the way this party has some of y'all shook and then in turn has me shook at your shookness i'm tired i'm just fucking tired so ebony being the virgo that she is did she probably overthink the party duh and i think it's from two sides did she overthink the party as like her first hosting party as the first black housewife of new york yes and then also take let's take the race out of it like all y'all want to do do i think she just overthought the party in general yeah it was her first one i do still think that this woman is very nervous like she wants to get it right we are often told especially as black people we need to take every chance that we um are presented with and we need to do it right Okay, so even if this is her only season, she's leaving us, me at least, and hopefully somebody else with maybe a little bit more knowledge than they came with. Okay, now one thing I'm not, well, I actually don't agree with a couple things with Ebony, but at the top of my list right now is giving Leah saying she's a James Baldwin. Fuck that with a capital F, you, 
and actually capitalize the C and K as well. Fuck that shit. Leah is not a James Baldwin. We know that I am not necessarily um, a Leah Stan this year. She's not. She's not doing it for me this year. She and I will get into a little bit more of that later um, because I also think she had some things in this episode that y'all are just ignoring because you're too busy worried about this party that centered blackness um you know and was the were the lessons and things like that falling on deaf ears absolutely but as we've learned is you know speak your truth ebony speak what you want to talk about at your party everybody may not listen but you never know who's you know viewpoint you may have changed or you may have taught something new I just don't see a problem with it okay Ramona says oh I like learning new things but you don't like learning new things Ramona all the time you like it when it fits into your agenda and if you tell these women dinner they're thinking drink 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 eat drink 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 all right again as everyone who's opposed this episode has said I've watched We've watched 13 years of these women drink, eat, all of the above. I don't understand why it's so, like, upsetting to a lot of people that we had a party that was not centered around drinking in the Real Housewives of New York, you know what I mean? And again, like I said, every one of these women has had a party in the past 13 years that They've complained about the food not being there on time. They've complained about the party in general, the setting, the placement, like something, all right? So, when it comes to Bershawn, I'm a little confused on what she was trying to say. And to be honest, maybe she was nervous as well. You know, it was her first time on camera. It's her debut. Because I had to rewind this as well. She says that, you know, Ebony, I love, you know, that you're doing this. Our history, Black history is often brushed over and hidden. But then she goes into saying, but we're all the same. I don't want to talk about the difference between white women from the Upper East Side and, you know, we're all the same. And like Ebony said, she gets very all lives mattery. I do think that was disrespectful um, in a way to Ebony because in the party now. In that same breath, uh, Bershawn is a cancer survivor. So, through her lens, and I completely understand this, through her lens, surviving a terminal illness, I can see what she's talking about in saying and speaking her experience in that moment um, because she's, you know, she's a survivor. She does have a different outlook on it however in that setting um when ebony is trying to teach these white women about black history saying that was undermining it, it was um you know that nina parker has said and nina parker and probably a couple other black women that i admire um in media has said before I don't speak for all black people and to and I want to point that out Ebony doesn't speak for all black people Brashawn doesn't speak to all black people none of us do okay we all do not agree all the time but what I will say the danger in 
saying things as a black person such as like all lives do matter or you know for okay to put it in a different way when a white person says oh I have a black friend that says that they don't care if I say the n-word okay to that I say that one black friend that you have says that they don't care are you with them all the time for every conversation every single word that comes out of your mouth I highly doubt it so when you're not around them and you say that word and you get your fucking ass beat you can't run back to them and say well you said I could say it all right it's just another privilege that we don't have to have you know differing opinions because people of different races especially white people are going to take it and say well you know that person that black person doesn't see the way things the same way you see them and it's used used for us to pit uh, as a pit against each other even though not all white people feel the same way about everything it's not necessarily used and weaponized for them like it is for us I have plenty of black friends that I don't see um, or haven't seen eye to eye with on certain ideologies and things like that. When they are speaking their truth um, and how they feel, especially in a setting that is theirs, I'm just going to, you know, let them, as long as it's not harmful, you know, necessarily to me and disrespectful, I'm going to let them speak that. All right. It's just again another privilege that we don't have Leah says you know of course these women have gotten it wrong and to that I say like Leah you have gotten it wrong too okay until this episode she has been acting like she is the woke white woman in the bunch and that she has completed her listening and learning and she doesn't have any more to do and again that's just how I see it and that's not true okay because as we know she has had some problematic things that she's done and said in her past that I've talked about and I know other podcasts have talked about and she's almost like tried to bury them instead of saying like hey yeah at one point I said this I did this and I fucked up and where I'm at now is I do know that that was wrong and I shouldn't have done it and I've learned from it but I have yet to hear those words from her I just hear why she's continuously not wrong when it comes to Leah and Ebony's friendship I don't is it something that I understand no um no but yes okay and I am going to touch on Ebony's past and the things that have been coming to light about it and certain things that I also saw even before the season started but to touch on this conversation that Leah has with Ebony after the party when she says be aware of your power and says you know tells Ebony she can be intimidating to that I just have a blank stare because I will be honest it took me until this year at 29 years old to be able to accept that if someone is intimidated by me it's not necessarily my problem all of the time Um, I am a very self-aware person so I know that I don't go into spaces bulldozing with the intent to intimidate like yeah bitch I'm gonna make you see what things that I want to see because that's what I want no 
it's not my intent to intimidate. So it does. And I've had people tell me this. It doesn't come off intentional. It's just my confidence. So in that, I have no apologies for. I don't think that Ebony or anybody should apologize for being confident in who they are and, you know, that coming off as intimidating to somebody that somebody else that is that other person's problem not theirs in the intent that it's not to disrespect or bully someone okay um and in this conversation you know leah's like you don't have to teach them all the time and blah blah and it's just so eye-rolling to me some of you, so I don't know, so if you follow me and you know me personally, you do know this. I am engaged to a white man. I have, we have had plenty of conversations, obviously, surrounding race relations um, and things of that nature. One thing I will make clear, and that's, I've told him this before, I am a black woman before I am anything else, before I'm his fiance before and soon to be wife like I'm a black woman because that's who I've always been so in the times that and I've ignored a lot of things before I have heard things that have offended me and you know hurt me and I from white people and people um of different races that I've ignored and I haven't said anything and at in the end of the day that only becomes suffocating to me not to that other person who offended me because they don't know and they don't have to sit with it and live with it. I do. So for me, I can't help but, you know, when I see an opportunity or when somebody says something that offends me as a, you know, even as a woman or, and especially as a black woman, I have to say something about it. So for Leah to sit there and tell Ebony, you don't have to teach them all the time. We kind of do. And I feel, Ebony, when she says when uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor happened, she was like, I'm not teaching anybody shit. Fuck this. Because I felt that way, too. Y'all go learn on your own. I'm not fucking doing it. Sometimes I even felt that way again about my own fiance. But that's not. And just to be clear, he's not said anything ignorant even to not even too close to anything, just question-based, you know, about my experiences. Sometimes I just don't feel like explaining them to people. But then again, if not me, then who? Like Ebony said, okay? I'm a lot and you bitches are too, is what Ebony said. And that's true. All of these women are a lot, but when it when Ebony is a lot, it's causing this eruption, not only between the, on the cast, but in this whole Roni, you know, discussion this season, we are talking about it. Like we haven't seen 13 years of hypocritical yelling, screaming, and just overwhelming arguments in personalities. Aviva can throw a prosthetic leg across the room. We can talk about Ramona shitting during sex. We can bring up drugs and all of these other extreme things, but God forbid we talk about race on this show. And I'm just not understanding. I'm really not. It's just so suffocating for a lot of people to talk about that. Okay? 
Do you think I want to hear about Ramona's bowel movements at all? But especially during fornication? Absolutely not. But that's funny to y'all, okay? Shit is funny to y'all. I don't think shit is funny. I think it's gross, but whatever. You know, um, we, like I said, I have skipped two episodes now. So it's Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday when I'm recording this. There was a new episode last night that I haven't watched yet because, again, I'm going to get back on track. But Leah put up a caption on IG that um, was calling out, you know, Bravo accounts that called for diversity and now are complaining about the conversations on the show. Okay, so first of all, I want to say this. Ebony has said that. She has said it a couple times. <laughs> But y'all needed Leah to say it to keep start reposting it and being like, yeah, she's spot on. Do y'all just need, just tell me if you need a white voice box to say things and listening, just say that, okay? It's so exhausting. I honestly am going to blow past the conversation between Ebony and Ramona at Ramona's house because I do want to get into ebony's past that people have brought up and like i said that i knew about um do i agree with ebony going to ramona's house and forcing a conversation on her not necessarily do i agree with ramona's reaction that ended in her screaming and crying and then ebony consoling her when she was offended also no um i just what the actual fuck okay Ebony told Ramona she doesn't care about her party politics. She just wants to know that they can find a common ground of respect for one another. And I don't think that that's too much to ask for. Um, I just wonder if Ramona would have the same reaction if it were uh, Tommy Laren, um, you know, saying these things. So a white woman instead of Ebony. Ebony used to work for Fox. Tommy, Tommy, whatever the fuck that woman's name is, shouted her out and uh, Ebony shared it. They're obviously they're friendly. You know what I mean? But like Ebony said, you know, Ramona's like, I just don't want to talk about, you know, it being a black or white thing. We cannot take our blackness off and we can't turn it off to not think about it because it's who we are. All right. And lastly, EJ Walker and CJ Walker are not the same and you absolutely deserve to be corrected on that Ramona and don't say whatever the fuck okay Ramona Singer can go straight to fucking hell quickly and right away that's all I have to say on this Roni episode y'all are getting on my goddamn nerves I'm gonna be very honest about that and when I say y'all I don't necessarily mean my listeners you know I I'm very appreciative to everybody that listens to this podcast and if you have made it to this point of me absolutely bitching and preaching about this thank you I appreciate it now I do want to talk about Ebony's past at Fox News and some of the things she's said has said about 45 so I'm not gonna lie when I first found out that Ebony was gonna be a housewife I was like isn't that that black woman that works for Fox News hmm and when I looked her up I was saw some things that I was like oh but then I saw some other things that I was like, hmm, okay. And I did, and I mean, I still do, thought that she would be a great addition because she worked for Fox News, okay? Um, 
she probably would be able to talk to a Ramona and a Luann and then also relate to black viewers. I never saw anything along the lines of like a Candace Owens with her. So I was like, it was, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep my mind open. Um, when it comes to her comments on 45 in the past, the ones that I had seen were, first of all, it was either on Twitter and or um, Instagram where she said, no, I don't believe all 45 supporters are racist. And she says his name, honestly, but I'm just not doing that. Um, because my black mother voted for him and she's not a racist. And I was like, whoa, wow. Okay, that's her experience. That's her mama. Okay, and she know better than I do. And then, of course, her, you saying back in like 2015 or 16 that she didn't believe him to be a racist. Now, that I found interesting because when we first saw Ebony, her, what she had on was a Central Park Five hoodie with their names on the front and a Black Lives Matter mask. So it's no secret that 45 had a huge, you know, voice in the Central Park Five, you know, public uproar on the other side in that he was calling for those young men to go to jail for life and be wrongly prosecuted. He was pushing for that, all right, on so many different levels. So I found it interesting when we first saw her. I mean, don't get me wrong. You guys know I lived for it when we first saw her in Central Park with that hoodie on in the Black Lives Matter mask. But then knowing that she had said that in the past, it's just one of those things that kind of like I feel how when I say like, the Chrissy Teigen situation and on a certain level, Stasi and Kristen, that was 2015-16, five years ago. It is absolutely possible that she is, she is an Ebony, has learned and seen a different view since then. And maybe now she's trying to course correct. You know, when it came to Chrissy and Stasi and Kristen, it was one of those things that was like, okay, you did that we kind of need to and that was in direct harm of somebody else you need to you know you did that you knew that you did it you publicly said you did it so now where's the public apology xyz with ebony it's like well those were her views i don't know i still find it interesting to her even how i see her on screen and what she said ramona this week like i don't care about your politics and things like that I don't, I don't know. I do have a mixed friend, mixed black and white, that told me that she voted for 45 the first time around. And I was fucking shocked. I did not know that. My mouth dropped when she told me. I was like, are you serious? And she kind of like, I mean, she's in law school, you know, things that she was like, yeah, you know, she and we were having an honest conversation reflecting and she was like I if I could go back of course I would not do it again I cannot believe that I did that so and she's just telling me that as her friend you know again maybe this is Ebony's course correcting how outward she's being on national tv with her feelings and educating about black America 
or Black History, I'm sorry, and things like that. I don't know. When it comes to her comments on The Breakfast Club, though, about saying, I don't know who's in that lady's inbox, and um, Taria and Jonathan, um, Jonathan Chandler on Instagram, and then Taria of the What Else Is Going On podcast, had a really, really amazing conversation on um, Taria's latest episode of What Else Is Going On surrounding Ebony's comments and I if I can encourage you all to go listen to that conversation because it's so so good um you know Ebony had made some comments on the breakfast club recently that she was saying one that it's black people's fault that we allowed the foolishness black viewers fault that we allowed the foolishness of Roni to go on so long and that's she lost me there I can't get with that because sis what do you want me to do I'm sitting in the fucking middle America like what would you have us do and then you know she claims that there are some black people in her inbox which I'm sure there are all types of fucking crazy people saying reckless shit in her inbox saying you know oh you're ruining this show we like we as in the black people in her inbox saying this we like watching this for the white mess of it all and again probably somebody some people did say that to her however I do know that there are and Jonathan and Taria both said this too there are a lot of black people in support of her so in the same breath as her paying attention to the ignorant messages from black people I don't understand why she's not paying attention to the more supportive ones and I don't know if she's not seeing them or what I can't speak to that but I can probably I feel like that it's the fact that she's obviously getting a lot of heat right now I mean y'all heard me in the last segment I'm like I'm sick of it from a black woman standpoint so I'm sure she's sick of it be, of being her it's directed all at her saying that she's ruining you know the show and x y and z so I do think that it's her way of fighting back but I just also wish that it, and I understand that it's sometimes you you get stuck in focusing on the bad comments more than the good ones but I do wish that she would focus on you know the good comments from the black comment or the black content creators and journalists and um you know media personalities that are supporting her because that is I see a lot of that as well but you know, these things are complicated and it's not all one side or another sometimes. And like I always say, we all say things that looking back, it's just like, what the fuck did I say? What was I thinking? Okay, just not all of us are doing it on a public platform. So we will see if she, you know, comments on some of these other things and what's left to come. We are only eight episodes deep into this season. I'm I feel like we a whole season deep, but Lord Jesus. And they haven't even filmed the reunion yet, I don't think, for New York. So we shall see. Um, Let's hop on over to Beverly Hills. That's going to be a little bit less of a tangent, but I'm still a little irritated. Somebody bring their dictionary. 
So over in Beverly Hills, we start the episode out by seeing that Erica and Sutton are going to a spa. Sutton has rented a an entire spa out for them for the day so they don't have to wear masks. Rich people luxuries. Um, and, you know, it got me thinking, I, because I know we're getting closer and closer to, or what, or what. And I think it's really interesting how to see how we start the season off with these ladies um Sutton and Erica and even in a sense Kyle and or not Kyle um Dorit and Garcelle being cool being friendly being at it hanging out and being at each other's houses and knowing what we know just from the grapevine that by the end of the season or where we're at now they're not necessarily on the same page there's been a fallout all right so Sutton puts together a rich people divorce package Full of things that honestly I could afford. There was like some chips and some dips. Um, I don't know how much that bottle of champagne was. If it was under $150, I could definitely afford it. Um, but I was in Sutton references, rich people divorces. But I was like, okay, rich or poor, we all like chips, bitch. And I meant to bring this up last episode. But Erica all mentions again that... Her and Tom have had no contact, which I personally think is, you know, a kind of a cover, her trying to cover her own ass and her assets for that matter. But do rich people divorces, like if you just get up and leave without any, while the other one is gone, rich people don't text each other and say, where are you when they're getting divorced? Like I was confused. Again, I am not rich in the slightest okay and again it's just so gonna be so funny to me because Erica tells Sutton that she's one of the most supportive friends people in her life amongst her divorce right now and knowing where they're going it is really like "Hmm, that's not going to age well and Sutton asks her while they're at the spa you know if Tom not coming to see her in Broadway bothers her or bothered her and of course Erica says yes and you know even back when that was happening obviously I don't care if that was a marriage of convenience or not like it's gonna hurt when somebody that you have spent the last 22 years with whether it was financial or you know whatever their relationship was she said it's no it's not a relationship like Kyle and Maurizio or Dorit and PK it's different it's still gonna hurt and she mentioned being embarrassed on having to kind of cover that up but in while talking, she mentions your wife that you've supported and funded. And she says that she would not have gotten to Broadway without the funds and the support, the financial support of Tom. But then she says, when I was in New York, I was completely on my own. And I said, oh, I'm okay. Now, I looked at that two diff- through two different lenses. You were on your own physically and emotionally. And you're like, okay. But then last episode, you were telling us that there was, it was an emotion, kind of an emotionless marriage and some of the thing, the mean things that he would say to you. So then I was like, okay, well, does she mean I'm on my own financially? Because to that, I have to say, did you not use the shared bank account? at all one time while you were in New York for four months Erica did you only use the checks 
that money from checks that you got from Broadway and Bravo because if so then yes you were on your own however if not if you were using money that you said Tom funded okay and supported you then you were not on your own miss ma'am I cannot stand when people say oh I'm independent I'm on my own and they are being financially backed by somebody else that's not being on your own. It, I'm thinking like Paige DeSorbo in a sense, okay? Because she mostly because she just posted something the other day about like being an independent woman, which I'm sure she probably pays her rent now by herself. But I remember when we first met her in like the first two seasons, she told us, well, I'm going to be honest, my parents pay my rent for me. That's support, all right? You're not on your own. On your own is only having money that you have earned by yourself, Okay, Erica, you've already said that you got here because of Tom's money, because of funded, which I also think she's going to be putting her fucking foot in her mouth from saying that. All right. It's just, uh, it's just, it's going to get bad for her, especially with the news that came out today, but I'll address that in the next episode. You know, and we got to see a sweet moment with Garcelle and her sons and I think I forgot she has three sons um, one before her marriage and then two with them but I feel like if I have all sons it'll probably be the same relationship as that she has with hers so we also see that Erica spent some time with Garcelle and God love Garcelle because she is just asking the questions as it comes she asks you know says she was out shopping or at a restaurant or something and that the saleswoman says that she saw Tom with another blonde woman and Erica says well I don't know who that is well girl didn't you post text messages pictures of text messages from a fucking 2007 Blackberry all over the internet like Two minutes after you claimed you didn't know that, she does not have her story together whatsoever. Whatsoever. And if I remember, if my memory suits me correctly, she says that she, when she posted all those stories um, of the text messages, she said that she had known about that. I don't, and that it had been an affair going on for years and years. I just, it's not looking good. Okay. And she also discusses with Lisa Rinna the other headlines going on, you know, that she was with her Dancing with the Stars partner and then, um, what's that boy's name? Scooter Braun. And she says, if I gave a shit, I'd sue. I don't think that's something that's going to age well for her either. Okay. Speaking of not aging well, and I mentioned this the last episode, she says, you know, I spent many a Christmases in that house and they were beautiful but I have nothing she keeps telling us I don't have anything and that's why it's so sad miss ma'am you still live in like a million dollar casita with a pool in a pool house and you just went out and bought a fucking Range Rover what you don't have is a Christmas ornament but you have a lot of other things. It is very insulting to people who have gone through divorces and been left with nothing. Not even $1,300 to put down a down payment for a fucking apartment in middle America. Okay? it's She needs to stop fucking talking. I could not believe that she said any of that shit. So then we go over and see Kyle and... um. 
they're talking about all that. I do feel bad about all of the kids and children that missed, you know, school, these important mile marks, school, things like of that such from COVID. But um, the only thing I want to say from this scene with Kyle and her family, and I, I, I like kids, I do. Um, I don't like to talk about other people's kids, but she put that child on my TV screen. All I'm going to say is the dramatics. It's annoying to me and I hate how annoying it is to me. But so the ladies go to a um, dinner on a patio because at this time we're around Christmas time and I guess California, I vaguely remember California shutting down, hearing about California shutting it down again. And I mean, I live in Missouri and we shut down again around that time as well, I want to say. It was last year, it was a blur. So many shutdowns open, shutdowns open, especially working in the restaurant industry. So I was happy to see that they went to a restaurant on a patio. Hopefully they paid and tipped the service team that worked for them well. But I want to talk about the styles for a minute. You know, everyone talks about Dorit. She thinks she's a fashion girl. Fine, whatever. I love a simplistic style, a realistic style. Now, the fashions they have on, probably $3,000, but I love a basic. Even when I'm dressing up, I just love a basic. So, Kathy Hilton in the denim a classic black pump oh I love I love a classic black pump in a blazer and a blouse love it and y'all know I don't even like Kyle but her outfit choices we dress like kind of the same the turtleneck the blazer I loved it her hair and makeup looked amazing okay I lived so when we get to the restaurant, let me tell you something. If I hear Erica order another hottie toddy, when? Since when did we start doing this? Is this a new shtick? So I tr- I honestly said that I wasn't going to talk about this because I think Lisa Rinna, I mean, we all remember the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. I'm starting to feel like the morally corrupt Lisa Rinna. I can only imagine how it feels as a mother, as just like a regular mom, not a Lisa Rinna mom, i.e. a momager. But she did not want anybody to forget that her daughter was in the headlines. And, you know, let me tell you a little something. When I was 21, my boyfriend was 36 and he had three kids. And my mother was not happy. She barely wanted to talk to me about it. She definitely wasn't talking to her friends about it. And obviously we weren't on TV. Like she was distraught. She was just like, no, I I can't. Okay. And of course, just like some of the other women said, like if you push against it, it's just going to make it worse. And I'd like, I get that. Obviously, I was in Amelia's position. I also, you know, getting older, thinking about the future and having children in the future. I, I don't know what I would do. Even, and Erica even says, I was the younger woman dating older men. Like I have, I haven't dated older men. I've dated that one, that was one time. 
I don't know what I would do. Like, I feel like I split my brain in two because obviously being back then, I'm like, yeah, I knew where my mind was. And let me tell you, he wasn't rich. Okay, so let's just say that. I was just going through things. But anyways, (laughs) I remember what I was thinking and where I was, but like thinking of with my older, more mature brain, I'm just like, oh my God, I would fucking kill my daughter. I would, I would freak out. I would not be okay at all. So I think Harry Hamlin is probably a little bit less okay than Lisa Rinna. But as she's, I can, I'm not going to lie. I cannot believe she said that. At least they're not talking about the eating disorder. Another thing my mom probably would not bring up, continue to bring up over and over. That woman is just something else. I want to also touch on the fact that Garcelle told us that her dating coach made her download Bumble. Not even Raya, but fucking Bumble. My regular degular ass was on Bumble five years ago when I was fucking single. There is no way in hell. Maybe there's a famous, there's like different tiers to Bumble that famous people can get on. Because they talked about blue check marks as well. But like, what the fuck? Bumble is a free app. I, don't, is, I know Raya you need to pass on, but still. She needs to fire her and move on. So then we get into the whole violated, and I'm using air quotes with that, because the term violated, what that means to these women. So let me just say this. I have, no, I almost said I've never been more disappointed, but I just got done ranting about New York City. So (laughs) I was extremely disappointed in this conversation between these women and their lack of support for or and just care in general for crystal's feelings she is using the term violated correctly i don't know what type of hollywood beverly hills lens these women see through however she gave the definition she said how she was feeling and it's still not enough for these women it honestly was disgusting and i love garcelle but i was very 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 fucking disappointed in her okay and for all of them to say that they are a supporter of women and xyz but then they say you can't you can't use that verbiage okay because it implies something else no my privacy was violated Vi- you could violate my mind like there's different ways we can say this and she was violated okay And for, you know, Sutton to try and say, change the way she said, oh, I don't know what you're doing in here, but I'm going to bring you your coat, which is how she said it. She did say it. Crystal is 120% correct. You knocked on the door. I don't care if it seemed like I was awake and I was on the phone or if it seemed like I was awake and I wasn't on the phone. I did not say come in. My door is shut and I'm not in your house. Okay. You came in even though I didn't say come in and you said oh I don't know what you're doing all right Crystal described the situation to Dorit in the bus to Kyle it all sounded the fucking same to me all of these women are so mean girlish and it's disgusting it's disgusting I'm so proud of Crystal for not fucking backing down on 
how she how that situation made her feel because again she has told these women that she has body image issues and none of them none of them are taking that into consideration they are so fixated on this word of violated it's gross it is fucking gross and then for erica to say something else that's not gonna age well Sutton's a good southern girl and then for us to go to shut the fuck up how's that good southern girl gonna work out for you erica let's fucking see all right for Sutton to tell Crystal you do not want to see me angry maybe it's the Aries in me but I know if somebody tells me you don't want to see me angry I'm going to look them directly in their eyeballs and I'm gonna tell you to get fucking angry get angry all right and see what happens especially get angry when we're surrounding my fucking feelings and how you something you did made me feel I promise you do it do it boo again it's the Aries in me I I was ready in the words of Jackie from basketball wife let's just fight let's just fight because I was ready to throw a plate for Crystal in that moment all right Dorit saying that her story keeps changing no it doesn't your mind keeps changing from what the group the popular opinion amongst the group is but that doesn't mean Crystal's story doesn't keep changing i am so sick of hearing all of these housewife franchises but especially the white ones talk about cancel culture and you can't say this thing because of cancel culture take accountability for what the fuck you did just say sorry stop crying stop busting out a fucking roller for your face stop trying to threaten people with your white fragility and your white tears just cut it out all right because it is another form of fucking bullying Again, good for Crystal for not backing down and telling them all of those ladies at the table in that moment. I'm not backing down off of that word because it's how I felt. So proud of her. That's all Beverly Hills gave for this week. I know we're getting into some mess or for last week. I know we're getting in some mess this week. Um, I'm finally going to see uh, ugly leather pants. And I'm going to be honest, when I first saw that um trailer in the ugly leather pants I was like dang what did this new girl Crystal do to Sutton to give her get her all out of sorts now I'm like yeah go off on that girl because I'm sick of her this she is not doing well she really is not and I think it's funny how she says I'm the image of perfect health and then fast forward to this week she's like yeah I know I'm a little kooky I know I'm a little off like I'm going to say this about Sutton. I do think that and because I have family from the South and a whole side of my family does not like to talk about mental health. Um, They deny it. They think that it's not a thing. And obviously it is. I know that people from the South, white, black, all, all around, if they do talk about it now because it's kind of avoidable, it is kind of like Sutton. It's like, okay, well, I mentioned it, but I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine to not be fine, okay? But what it's not fine to do is discredit people's feelings and then say, oh, well, you tried to make me seem a certain way and it's just, she's gross. Her actions are gross, I should say. So let's move on to the highlight of my week most weeks, which is BET, the encore. Okay, so per usual encore was chaotic i mean 
what else is it besides chaotic? <laughs> and to be honest, when I first started the episode, I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? Okay, the twins are saying that everyone is out to get them. The twins and Aubrey have fallen out between the last episode and this one somehow, some way. And then Irish is saying that Keely is going around the house and spreading little stories. And then Keely is saying that Aubrey does it. Oh my God, a mess, a mess. And of course they're all yelling. All right. So Aubrey goes behind the twins back. And again, I'm confused to how they started falling out and starts talking to the producer Elijah and I want to say that I low-key remember that about Aubrey like her being kind of a little sneaky or whatever from back from making the band but um they're about to roast her ass um for talking to that producer I wonder if they're gonna have a reunion because they need one not that I think Aubrey will show up because at the end of this episode she is acting like she's about to go home and so Keely was talking shit in the kitchen and not aware of her surroundings and she in Aubrey walked in and snapped on her ass like I am so confused by their dynamic earlier in the season Aubrey said that she doesn't know Keely except for that she is a chicken bucket thrower because Aubrey was on Broadway with Notori but those two beef like Biggie and Pac like I am so fucking confused they act like they have such a long history of not getting along you would have thought that they were in the same fucking group all right. I still don't know what Keely is doing here. Like, I really don't. And you know what? It may have been the petty in me, but I felt compelled to look up what other creative direction projects Keely has, you know, spearheaded, and I could find none. And I was reading stuff online about like, oh, whether or not she was a producer plant. And obviously, I if she's a producer plant, we can call her that. I just don't want to call her the creative director anymore. Because you don't have background in that, Booski. And for her to say that Aubrey is a reality TV star and she's just there to collect a check. Every single last one of you are there to collect a check. Okay? Every single last one maybe the cherished twins they said that they found out the day they got there that they were millionaires and i looked it up one million dollars they are worth one million dollars but whatever like all y'all need to check let's not do that i did a little mini 3lw deep dive and a lot started making sense keely thinks she is the hbic because well at least when it comes back to the 3lw days because her mom put the group together as an outlet for Keely to, um, you know, the internet said express herself, but I feel like it may have been express herself and probably learn to play well with others, which she didn't, she didn't pick up on very well. But I did read, you know, the downfall of the group was that I kept looking at interviews and Adrian and Notori are fine. They kept saying that, you know, the adults in charge didn't really do anything and did nothing for us as young adults and come to find out the adult in charge was Keely's mom okay and she had been a music manager before she had managed some R&B groups from the R&B artists from the 90s and Keely says that Notori called her mom a bitch which is how she got to throw in the bucket of chicken 
listen, this is the deal. I can understand that because if somebody called my mom anything besides my mom or her name, I would probably throw more than chicken at you. However, comma, furthermore, they were 16 years old. And I can only imagine, I'm going to flip that and say, from Notori's side, if I'm in a group and I feel like I'm being outcast, and I feel like the adult in this situation, and I have a 16-year-old attitude, (laughs) would I probably have called an adult a bitch? Probably. Like, it is so... mm, For it to have gone on this long between the other girls, the other girls being Notori and um, Adrian versus Keely, like, it's telling. It's really telling. Um, Keely's issue with Adrian is that she says that obviously she's not her friend um, because she made up with a notori. I don't fucking know. That girl's immature as shit. I know that much. But Pam writes this beautiful song. I mean, beautiful song. I'm so pissed at her about the homophobic shit, but that song was beautiful. It gave me chills. And I also am really excited to hear the skeleton song, whether Aubrey is on it or not at this point. I don't know why the fuck she tried to say Shamari couldn't be on the song because honestly, Shamari has the best voice in the house, I think. Her voice is beautiful and it would be perfect for any song. So, of course... Aubrey is saying that she doesn't want to sing on the gospel song that Pam wrote because for her and her fan base, and I'm using air quotes with that, her fan base doesn't want to hear this. Aubrey, if you don't get your fucking ass up and just hum a little something in the name of Jesus, okay? Who asked about your fan base? No one. I don't think you have a fucking fan base. I haven't seen her since... She was on that show with Polly D on VH1. And then they dated for like five years. I forgot about that shit. Keely is right. She is a reality star. But whatever. I don't want to agree with Keely. Okay. Huh. Nivea tells us that she is about to hump a tree. And she cannot take being in the house with these bitches no more. <laughs> I just love her. I'm so happy she's here. If she wasn't here. If Nivea wasn't there. I probably would have like not been as invested because she just adds her the comic relief her laugh her joke she does not take herself too seriously but she's still getting to work huh so aubrey checks out 120 percent. i don't i don't fucking know like i really don't it seems like she just snapped her fingers and was like okay i'm over this um Of course, it's giving Keely more fuel to her fire to say like, oh, Aubrey's going to be a terrible queen. And she even says like, who's the person that's always there for you? Keely, me. Yes, Keely, you are always there. You are always there in the middle of the fucking mess. Uh, Keely has been in every single argument, damn near. Pretty much. She has been in every single fucking argument. You cannot be the queen. That would be a terrible idea. They just need to make Sita the queen, okay? Or Nivea. Huh, so Aubrey pulls herself out of bed and tries to hum a tune in the name of Jesus and she is not getting it. And whether she wants to not be getting it or if she's just actually not is unbeknownst to me. But she is about to lose her job, okay? 
the women have a party and it's a a truth telling party where they pull these cards and they, you know, have to answer questions on them. Some of them, most of them are fun, you know, lighthearted, a way for them to bond, which is cute, real cute. And then, of course, it says who should be replaced. Obviously, they all agree on Aubrey should be replaced. I mean, I agree that Aubrey should be replaced as well. But it's just, I don't know. It's exhausting. Aubrey's in her room talking shit on her phone to one of her friends. And she says, pretty much tells us she's about to leave. And I've read that in headlines. Spoiler alert. I don't care if she leaves or if she stays. I feel like that's just what she does at this point. So next week, we are going to see there was a bed moved or something. I don't know. And then they get to have people come visit them. I am excited to get to hearing these tracks. Because like I said, I'm most excited to hear Skeletons. Because I feel like I want to know if we're going to put it on Spotify. Okay? Because if so, I'm going to be... I don't know the words yet, but I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn. All right. That is it for the Encore recap for this week. I will be back to wrap up this episode. That is gonna go ahead and be it for this episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Again, sorry, I am so, so late this week. We are getting back on track. So it is Thursday when you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's Thursday when I'm releasing it, rather. Um, and there will be a new episode Monday morning and continuing on until then. Um, you know, hopefully we can get it together with some of these conversations surrounding the more tense subjects and do the, uh, like I always say, do the listening and learning, but we shall see, um, some shit has already popped off, but again, I'm just going to save it for the next episode so we can keep on track. As usual, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps me out get the podcast out there so more people can hear it and I can keep making it. Well, I'm going to keep making it for you guys no matter what. But yes, download, subscribe, rate, and review, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.